this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome Tuesday, 5 December, Year of the Lord, 2023. Uh, thank you for being here for the early evening edition, the second hour of our afternoon coverage. Uh, tremendous news going on today. Uh, but I want to get to something that is massively important for your life and is radically underreported here in the United States. And I think that may be done on purpose. It's called COP28. And we're bringing in uh, someone's covered it quite thoroughly, as usually does the senior editor-at-large at Newsweek and also the host of the Josh Hammer Show, which is a new podcast and radio show. Josh, um, I'm going to get into more into the details about your podcast radio show in a moment, but I want to focus on COP28. Is that like something Bernie Carrick uh, would go to? Is this like a police officer's convention, COP28? And, and, and tell me what it is, why it's important to this audience, and particularly why is it so Given the importance, the real importance of the signal, why is it so underreported, sir? Yeah, so COP28 is definitely not the kind of thing that Bernie Carrick would go to. I would probably comment on it quite a bit more favorably if it were something like that. So this is the UN's Global Climate Change Summit, climate change, global warming, whatever the term of the day that they refer to anthropogenic climate change is. I mean, so it started back in the early 1990s. It, they kind of bounce around the world. So it started this past Thursday over in Dubai in the UAE. Now, you know, Steve, you might pause and say, you know, the, the first thing that you think of when you think of Dubai and the United Arab Emirates is not necessarily climate change. I mean, this is a country that has top 10 global reserves when it comes to both oil and natural gas. They are blessed to sit on a tremendous field of, of, of natural fossil fuels, petroleum. And, you know, I was actually just in the Emirates last year. I was actually there on New Year's Eve. While I was literally there in person to watch this elaborate fireworks show from the Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building. And, you know, Steve, the first thing that I didn't think of was green energy, you know, seeing all this massive energy going into air condition the desert to make this country hospitable. But nonetheless, you have a big American delegation that flew over there. John Kerry, who is now moonlighting as the special envoy for climate change. They created that gig just for him so that he can go ahead and feel important. He flew over there on a private jet. Kamala Harris flew over there on Air Force Two. Apparently, they couldn't even fly over together. The whole thing stinks to high heaven. I mean, the hypocrisy is just out of this world overwhelming. By the way, the president of COP28, so they give the title of president of the conference to the host country, is an Emirati by the name of Sultan Al-Jabbar, who is, he holds multiple titles. He is the Emirati equivalent of John Kerry, so he is their special envoy for climate change. But get this, Steve, he's also the director general and CEO of Abu Dhabi National Oil. It's the Emirati State Oil and Natural Gas Company. So I, you know, I, again, like I have no hate for the United Arab Emirates. They're com comparatively much more moderate than most of their other peers in the region there. They joined the Abraham Accords and all of that. But this thing just stinks to high heaven. and. I think it's underreported for the fact that they're trying to not let the Westerners know 
what it is they're talking about. Because John Kerry at this conference this weekend, again, the guy who flew there on his private jet, he had the chutzpah to literally call for a global end to coal. He said that all coal should be done. I, I mean, to say that that's flipping two middle fingers to West Virginia and Kentucky would obviously be, you know, that would be the understatement of the century. Ultimately, Steve, as you know, what I know is those of us who are in the fight day to day know what these massive galling hypocrites want to do is they're trying to appease the power brokers in the Upper West Side and the corridors of power in K Street in Washington, D.C., in Brussels at the European Union and organizations like that. They couldn't give a damn about sub-Saharan Africa, the Indian subcontinent, third world areas like that, because the cheapest way and the most efficient way to make their lives better is with more affordable, widespread energy. But they don't ultimately care about that. Josh, a couple of things. The Paris Accords, which President Trump is the very first thing that we got out of, we said we're going to get up because it's so uh, crushingly bad for citizens of the United States, which are essentially underwriting Chinese coal plants and Chinese, yeah. you know, burning natural gas and oil and dumping more into the atmosphere than anything. If you do believe the theory that uh, the humans have a change or they're, they're the worst. In fact, uh, it was Gilets Jaunes, the Yellow Vest whole revolt was about right. the Paris Accords where the, the working men and women of France in rural communities had huge taxes on diesel and everything else to pay for France's basically involvement that came out of COP. So they have these accords they come up with that it's stunning the, the impact it has on everybody's personal life. And it's, it's not a treaty. It's never approved by anybody. They kind of go to these things and it gets all this double talk. I just want a couple of things to start off with. Did certain people there not call for not just Kerry said the end of coal, which, you know, China's opened another coal burning facility every other week, right? Yeah. He called for the end of coal. I don't think the CCP even showed up, but um, di didn't they also talk about people talked about the end of fossil fuels in like some short period of time, 10, 15, 20 years of which even the host had to say he was a little taken back and said, well, look, I haven't seen a lot of scientific evidence. So why would she end fossil fuel? But when they thought things like that over a number of years, actions take place around these radical ideas they put out first into this into this conference, sir. Right. So the president of COP28, this guy who is wearing this whiplash-inducing dual hat function, where on the one hand he is the UAE's special envoy for climate change, while on the other hand he's, he's the CEO of the Emirati State Oil and Natural Gas Company, he incited some controversy at this conference when he actually said that there is no evidence that would – suggest that the climate fanatics, those who are pushing for net zero over the next five, 10 years, he said that there is no evidence whatsoever that would support that conclusion. Now, what's really funny, Steve, is that John Kerry, you know, who again is the buffoon who is overseeing the United States delegation at this boondoggle, he merely said when he was pressed for comment on this, I think it was actually The Guardian, the leftist newspaper in the UK that asked him for comment. In response to The Guardian, John Kerry said that, hmm, maybe Sultan Al-Yabar should clarify what he meant. You know, maybe he couldn't have chosen his, maybe he could have chosen his words a little bit better. But, you know, imagine if, if a Republican presidential candidate, if, if any mainstream conservative, I mean, forget about someone running for president, if any mainstream conservative said that there was no evidence that would support this All the powers that be in the New York Times editorial page, MSNBC, the chattering class and the commentariat more broadly here because John Kerry ultimately and folks like him just care about 
what is best for them. He's just calling for a mere clarification. But the same guy, the same Sultan Al-Yabar, who is wearing this dual hat function, he actually went even further than that. He actually went ahead and said that those who are actually pushing for net zero are ultimately trying to put humanity back into caves, trying to put the world back into caves, which, you know, credit where credit is due. That is totally correct. That is that is emphatically correct. And ultimately, I think what the greeny radicals, the environmentalist zealots want is for the world to be plunged into darkness and for us to be stop reproducing as the Bible commands, be fruitful and multiply. They want us to stop doing that, too, because humans, of course, can consume a lot of of, of oxygen and emit a lot of carbon dioxide. And because of that reason, because of the fact that John Kerry didn't push that hard back on the president of COP28, you had people even further to John Kerry's left, like Al Gore, who, of course, is the patron saint of the pagan church of climate change, along with Greta Thunberg, who decided to take a break from her pro-Hamas demonstrations to chime in. And both Al Gore and Greta Thunberg actually criticized John Kerry for not pushing back hard enough because, again, they are the ones who are actually pushing for net zero within the next, I mean, call it five to ten years. But, Steve, there, there is no way of understanding this push to get to so-called net zero other than just an anti-human stance, you have to fundamentally hate humanity. That really is ultimately what these people want. The climate change zealots, the environmentalist freaks, they ultimately do not like humanity. They do not like human beings. They want fewer human beings. They literally do not want us to have children there. They do not want us to enjoy the basic pleasures of getting into an automobile, getting on a two-lane highway out on a western country road and hitting the gas pedal. They're ultimately trying to make us miserable. And I think when we on the right understand that that is the ultimate goal of these people is to plunge us into darkness and make us miserable. That becomes then an appealing political opportunity for us as well. It's like Animal House. They, uh, you know, all pigs are equal. Just some pigs are more equal than others. The uh, they like humanity at 500 million or less. I mean, th this all gets down. Everything they drive to is about the carrying capacity of the earth. And essentially, they're, the carrying capacity of the earth of, with 8 billion people, that's not at, – at you know, as Jane Goodall said years ago, at 500 million, you can manage, you can manage all the resources in the earth. I want to play the clip from Kerry. People should understand, John Kerry, say special envoy. Up until the uh, Muslim Brotherhood's franchisee in Gaza, the Hamas war, the third Hamas war uh, with Israel, um, John Kerry really ran the State Department with the special envoy. I mean, he's got he's got a whole floor of there of his people because the <laughs> climate change is central. You know, you got the LGBTQ, which is a core value, and that's the State Department saying it, not me. And you've got climate change. In fact, everything with the CCP, all the all the you know what they're doing to their people, what they're doing to the world, how they're instigating with the mullahs in Persia. Uh, and others, this uh, beginning of the kinetic part of the Third World War, that's all forgiven because you have to engage them in, in climate change. Of course, they didn't even send a delegation. And the reason is they ain't shutting down. They're, they're opening a, uh, a coal uh, plant every other week. Let's go and play the clip from John Kerry, and I'm going to have Josh Hammer jump back in. But let me just tell you bluntly, when the best scientists in the world unanimously are telling us as leaders in our countries that we are on the brink of tipping points from which you cannot come back, irreversible. That the permafrost or the barren sea ice or the, or the coral reefs 
or most importantly, the Arctic and the Antarctic may be at tipping point or beyond. Last summer, it was 70 degrees Fahrenheit above normal in the Arctic. It was 100 degrees Fahrenheit above normal in the Antarctic. And a massive component of ice that had been lodged in the mud because it was so heavy, it was stuck there, has now melted sufficiently that it's risen and moving across the southern ocean towards Georgia Island, and it will melt and accelerate the sea level rise of the planet. So this year, we just learned yesterday, it was confirmed, it's not when we learned it, was the hottest year in history, human history, that we measured. But that's true now of every year, almost. For the last 30 years, decades, three, year, three decades ago was the third now warmest. The second decade was the second warmest, and this last decade, the warmest in history. So I'm not going to say more about it, except to say that if we can't hear Mother Nature and can't judge with our own eyes what the science is telling us, this is not about politics, there's no ideology, there's no pejorative against any one business or any approach. There is simply mathematics and physics and some chemistry and biology. That is what we are acting on. So, Josh, you're a smart guy. You're senior editor-at-large at Newsweek. Got your own podcast on radio show. Uh, been on War Room a lot, talking about various topics. When Kerry sits there and goes to the end, it's all biogeochemistry. It's about biology, chemistry, physics, and mathematics. Is he correct, sir? No, of course he's not correct. I mean, first of all, Steve, the entire notion of trusting the science, I mean, that should rightfully have died, obviously, during COVID-19 at the very latest. I mean, the whole trust the science crowd to this day, Steve, as you obviously know, has not done anything remotely resembling a mea culpa when it comes to the inefficacy, the lack of effectiveness of masking of the K95 masks, of the, of the COVID-19 vaccines in general. Obviously, none of the big pharma companies have done anything remotely resembling apologizing for these faulty products. There hasn't been nearly enough in the way uh, from, from where I stand, at least uh, when it comes to litigation, trying to just get consumer fraud against these vaccines for being defective products. But the point more broadly is that when you hear trust the science at this point, especially in the aftermath of COVID-19, and by the way, we saw the exact same galling hypocrisy, of course, during COVID-19 as we see during this climate change boondoggle in the Emirati Desert. It was, you know, back during COVID-19, there was that infamous incident with Gavin Newsom at that bougie French restaurant out in San Francisco partying it up. I mean, how many images do we have of these leftist politicians? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, of course, you know, the, the, the far left socialist from New York. She was down here in Florida where I live without a mask on chatting with her boyfriend maybe a year and a half, two years ago. I mean, there's so many examples of that. So the exact same hypocrisy from COVID applies to climate change as well. But another analogy that we can draw is the inadequacy and the complete contempt of this trust the science hectoring. I mean, uh, this is a very well-informed audience, obviously, but it's probably worth uh, reiterating that it wasn't that long ago. It was in the late 1970s when the so-called scientific community was utterly convinced of the exact opposite of global warming. At the time, the big fear was global cooling. In fact, many of the weekly magazines, you know, I work in Newsweek, you know, magazines like Newsweek, Time, U.S. News and World Report, they actually had 
covers back during that time in the mid to late 1970s that were trying to kind of uh, gin up fear essentially in the population of the exact opposite problem that humanity was heading not towards a scorched earth but towards a, a, a very cold earth you know god forbid potentially a new ice age of sorts so these things change year over year and even and, and here's kind of the final thing on this that i'll say steve even if we accepted John Kerry at his word, which I am not suggesting that we do, that's here, there, and everywhere, a bad idea taking this wildly out of touch Massachusetts limousine liberal at his word, but even conceding for the sake of argument, as we lawyers do, let him let him acknowledge, I mean, let's stipulate that he's correct, that humanity is responsible for, for warming the earth. That says nothing whatsoever about the means to get there. That says nothing whatsoever about whether we should be rushing towards net zero in the next five to 10 years like he, Al Gore, Greta Thunberg want, or rather we should prudentially invest in green venture capital funds that can then do this, that, that over the next 20, 30, 50 years, whatever there. So he kind of assumes also that even, even if you agree with his conclusion, which again, you should not, but even if you agree with this conclusion, he's assuming that you agree with him on the means as well. And that obviously kind of stems from an overarching Leninist Alinskyite mentality where the ends always justify the means no matter what they are. Here's it's in Abu Dhabi. One of the reasons there was a big push the week before Ray Dalio and uh, you know Ackman, all these guys were over there, Larry Fink, and saying that Abu Dhabi, or excuse me, Dubai, which is the financial capital of uh, in uh, in UAE, Abu Dhabi being the political capital is going to be the new it's it's they call it the middle market it's going to be the halfway between new york and tokyo this is going to be a major financial center they're talking about it why has if the science it, it can't if you can't mathematically back it up and by physics back it up why have all the corporations totally bought into this not just net zero but the massive transition to sustainable energy right whether it's electric vehicles or you know cutting off your gas stoves and why have the Goldman Sachs of the world, why have the mass, the major capital providers, non-government people, why have they overwhelmingly uh, jumped in here? And quite frankly, when you look at COP28, it's like Davos. They're the guys really around the margins that are pushing this agenda. So why have the capitalists bought into this the most? It's a good question, right? I, I mean, at some point, we would like we would like to continue to see the fulfillment of the "when you go woke, you go broke" mantra. I mean, we've seen some examples of it. Obviously, we saw with Anheuser Bush in Bev earlier this year. We've seen with the Walt Disney Company. We saw it with Target when they had the so-called tuck-friendly products. I would like to see more and more pushback against financial institutions, investment banks, VC, PE funds that go down this road as well. You know, it's worth noting that I think ESG actually is a fairly rare issue where we on the right actually have been picking up some some real wins. Certainly, you know, we're starting to ban it or, or outright curtail it in many of the red states. But you're right. I mean, Goldman Sachs, I mean, obviously BlackRock, you know, companies like that, they are all in on, on the ESG, on, on, on the green agenda there. And ultimately, it comes back to the same reason that not just this ideology has permeated throughout all the institutions, but the same reason also that the LGBT ideology, the the bend the knee to the rainbow flag, all that stuff, it, it all comes from the same place, which is this deeply illiberal wokeism. And, you know, Chris Rufo wrote a, wrote a book this past summer talking about kind of the 50, 60 year long capture of the institutions starting in the 1960s with the campus radicals back then. And, you know, the, it, those who were kids back then have been leading America for the past, you know, 15, 20 years or now. And unfortunately, I fear that this is one of the only 
many ways that we are seeing the the fruits of that very poisonous and, and, and toxic tree. But, you know, all I can say is, is that we on the right, same thing when it, it, it's the same thing for these financial institutions that go down this rabbit hole as it is for a, for a consumer company, a store like Target, a beer product like Bud, like Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch. Just don't use it. I mean, if you don't like the way that your financial institution, that your bank is is handling its approach to the woke ideology, is handling its approach to green energy, to, to climate fanaticism, then just use a different bank. I mean, there's any number of alternative smaller institutions out there, any number of other smaller community banks that are not, you know, Chase, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and so forth there. So you have options out there, and that that is something that is worth bearing in mind. But Ultimately, I think we have to kind of use our power as consumers to make them understand that they are going to face pain and that when you go woke, you really do go broke. We've seen a little bit again. I do think over the past year overall, we've seen a bit of a curtailing of ESG and also DEI. DEI and ESG essentially being the same thing. One is just the financial version of the other. So I, I think that we actually are winning slowly on this ground, Steve. It's happening a lot slower than I would like it to be, of course, but we have to keep our foot on the gas pedal and use our power as consumers. The uh, term climate justice comes up. So, so they use the math and they use the physics to make this argument that the world's warming and then you're going to have melting ice caps, all this terrible stuff's happening, different weather patterns. And two things come up with that. They justify the mass migration in the world based upon climate change. And it's two things. Number one, you got to let folks up there because otherwise they're going to die in the places they are and you owe it to them since you're the polluter. Number two is reparations, and they agreed to the structure of reparations last year. This year, it was to put money into the till. The U.S., I think, put in uh, half a billion dollars, and they went nuts. No, you need to put in $100 billion. This needs to be a trained dollars. Talk to me about climate justice and how that underpins the mass migration and the invasion of Western Europe and the United States, sir. I, I mean, usually when the left affixes the word justice to, to anything, whether it's social justice, racial justice, climate justice, uh, you know, uh, Middle East justice when it comes to the war in Gaza, I mean, they're just getting at their their own version of the truth. And again, the facts be damned in the way the ends justify the means. It's ultimately the same thing here. So when they talk about climate justice, what they're usually talking about is the polluters, the companies that are emitting large scale of carbon dioxide have to pay in this grand redistributionist scheme. It's kind of a Davos World Economic Forum, eat the rich style scheme, ultimately to those who the left alleges have been most disproportionately impacted by the allegedly ill effect. There's a lot of qualifiers there, obviously, allegedly ill effects of climate change. So in concrete terms, when they talk about climate justice, what they usually mean is slapping some sort of of excessive tax on companies like Exxon, on companies like Chevron, on, on oil and natural gas producers, on drillers, on, on, on refineries down in, in the Gulf, in Louisiana, Texas, organizations, institutions like that, and ultimately using the proceeds to go to, you know, you guessed it, typically kind of, you know, urban, uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, non-white or at least kind of more uh, poorer, uh, you know, typical kind of Democratic Party voting groups. So it, it ultimately amounts to to a deeply cynical, self-serving redistribution of wealth of their political enemies uh, to their political friends. That ultimately is what they're trying to do here, just to punish their enemies, to reward their friends. It's it's shrewd. I mean, it's shrewd to an extent that they're able to kind of wrap it under this veneer of climate justice. Um, uh, but again, it ultimately amounts to the exact same thing, which is the left has become very effective 
at kind of masquerading that it is doing something in the name of justice when it when it all when it happens to be just kind of using crass political power again to just wipe out the people they want to wipe out and bolster their own forces. But they've gotten very clever when it comes to the names of these sorts of tactics. Josh, how do people get to your writings? You guys over Newsweek are doing an incredible job. Uh, how do you get to your writings, Newsweek, uh, the podcast, and the Josh Hammer Show on radio? Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. So we're at Newsweek.com. Our op-ed page is Newsweek.com slash opinion. You can check out my own show, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, always a pleasure, Steve. Keep up, keep up the uh, good work. Thanks, Josh, uh, and thank you for enlightening us on COP28. You bet. When you talk about uh, you talk about our sovereignty being given away by the elites, this is a perfect example. This is one of these international conferences, just like the World Economic Forum. Nobody really knows how they were created, but the next thing you know, you're 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 a signatory. You're a signatory to the Paris Accords. Of course, the Constitution and the framers had a solution for that. You got to have two thirds of the Senate. That means the American people basically have to come together and agree that this is something we should do. Of course, they do everything in the world to make sure that these not their treaties and everything except the United States where they got to be passed. So you just, you in COP28, there's so much bad stuff coming there, particularly this thing about mass migration, justifying mass migration because, hey, the United States, you're the big polluter. Not China or any of them, just the United States. You're the big polluter. And so you owe it to, to, to the, uh, to the um, illegal aliens, invaders, uh, to take them in, 9, 10 million right now. Uh, massive articles all over the place about gold. Here's the thing you need to know. One, how it fits in the economy and how the dollar is uh, counter the countermeasure to that. And this is the end of the dollar empire, something I've been working on for two years. There's four installments. The third installment is very, very um, important right now. That's the debt trap. Talks about all the fights we're going to have with Speaker Johnson here about cutting uh, the massive uh, federal budget and getting at least some sort of glide path indicator that we're towards a balanced budget, I don't know, in five or six years with with massive cuts in spending and taxes increases for the super wealthy. Uh, in addition, um, you can talk to Philip Patrick team. Go to birchgold.com slash Ben and talk to Philip Patrick and the team and ask them the simple question. Hey, the people at COP, particularly these BRICS nations, why are they, they're talking COP, they're talking um you know, oil and gas are the net zero of going this radical trans uh, transition to um, uh, to something that would be the sustainable economy and net zero. But they're buying gold, old fashioned gold at record rates in 22 and 23. Ask Philip Patrick, think, why are they doing that? And our central bank is working on a central bank digital currency. Wait for the answer. Get a big old pot of Warpath coffee heated up. Get yourself, particularly the dark roast, at uh, warpath.coffee uh, slash uh, war room. Warpath.coffee slash war room. Take a big drink of coffee, cut your phones off, cut the TV off, and just think about the answer. We're going to be back in just a moment. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While law makers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, 
Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Okay, EnviroCleanse never does this. They just announced a massive Black Friday discount. Let me tell you why this is important. EnviroCleanse is predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it. That's why I got EnviroCleanse for the war room, the new science in home air purification. The reason is that they are uh, approved by the Pentagon. They're approved by the Department of Defense for Navy combatants. When I was a young ensign and an auxiliary engineer, the uh, air purification came under my auspices, and I can tell you that this is the product that you want because it qualifies to be used on a Navy combatant. EnviroCleanse, the military-grade technology, wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. That's why the Navy chose it, to protect the air on board our Navy ships. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. It's available now for your home with that technology. And do it before a virus takes your whole family down. Right now, you can save 35% during their Black Friday sale. Plus, get fast, free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's ek. For EnviroCleanse, ekpure.com, and use promo code Steve35 for 35% off. That's ekpure.com, code Steve35 for the 35% discount. They've never done this before, so take advantage of it. ekpure.com, action, action, action. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. 
Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, you add cyber plus artificial intelligence, you give a target of $6 trillion, and you're going to have a lot of bad guys in your business. Right now, there's $6 trillion of net worth of uh, asset value in American homes. Of course, with mortgages where they are, mortgage rates, and particularly secondary mortgages, nobody can take one out. That's why the cyber criminals are all over getting involved and finding out something about your title. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today to make sure you thwart them. Last thing a Warren Posse member needs to say, hey, I can't man the ramparts because a hard money lender, somebody took a hard money loan out on my uh, my mortgage of $200,000 and I got to pay it back. You don't want that to happen. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today. Make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, Curtis Ellis, one of the one of the uh, intellectual, public intellectual foundational elements of the populist nationalist movement in this country and a major part of President Trump's 2016 campaign and a real leader about particularly the rights of working men and women in this country in defense against the uh, Chinese Communist Party and what it done with the elites. We talk about Larry Fink and, and these guys that, you know, ESG, CRT, you know, the uh, they support everything about uh, COP28. They're all over there. And now they're announcing, hey, you know, New York City's fine, but you're going to have, uh, you know, Dubai is going to be the new financial center. It's going to be the one in the middle trading between Tokyo, uh, Europe, and the United States. It's probably the, the middle. It's going to be perfect. So they're all trying to ship a bunch of finance jobs over there. These guys were the same 400. They're part of the 400 traders that were in San Francisco last week, uh, you know, uh, giving a standing ovation to she and in fact Schwartzman was on one side Larry Fink was on the other side when they brought the champagne flutes up Maxine Alberts with us uh was very close uh, the partner of Curtis for many years what would Curtis Ellis say if he was here today i mean Curtis was a fire breather about manufacturing jobs and the rights of the american working man and woman particularly stand up to this tyranny what would he say about that soiree in the Bay Area last week? Soiree indeed. You know, as they drank champagne and gave a standing ovation, uh, they expected the American people to have collective amnesia about China's systematic destruction of our country with economic warfare for decades and decades and decades. And uh, Curtis Elias knew that the only way to get back at this was to defund China. And here we are, we're at a very scary time giving a standing ovation to defunding our own future, you know, putting more money into it. And 
Curtis Ellis, I would say that he would say, well, business as usual, because it's always all about the money and collective amnesia. You know, what happened to a few months ago where where people were saying, oh, it wasn't, you know, we were sleeping. We didn't know China fooled us. You know, now it's uh, back to, well, let's just throw the American people to the side and, and go for money. And what the American people don't know is that when Xi told Biden, um, you know, there were no such plans to attack Taiwan. This is quoted by a senior U.S. official. Um, and there was all kinds of news about that back in China. What he said to all the Chinese people and, and the news media was Taiwan remains the most sensitive issue here. We will realize unification and this is unstoppable. But that's typical China that's saying one thing and doing another, treating us like fools. And it's more important than ever to read Curtis Ellis's book, which details this. And President Biden, I think you need to read Pandemonium. China's global strategy to cripple America, where Curtis Ellis lays out a detailed plan to decouple and take back our country with a new declaration of independence from China, based on the same principles that we did when Great Britain had our, independ had our depend independence, to defend what's right and stand up for what's wrong. You know, Steve, we have never held China accountable. We're doing it now for the first time with with the um, pension funds that are finally, you know, not being, uh, that are finally being stopped with everything that's connected with China. But we, we don't hold them accountable. We have to defund the CCP. And in this, in his book, Curtis lays out a plan, a detailed plan that involves identifying, incentivizing, and unifying. But which we need all of them to do. Maxine, help me out here. You've, you've got this COP28. They're the single biggest polluter in the world. They're building a coal-fired plant, I think, every other week. You've got Kerry sitting up there saying, well, you know, we can see uh, to get to net zero by, I don't know, 2050. The science backs it up. We can get there to net zero carbon, which has to fundamentally change the industrial power of the United States of America. Um, this is the biggest thing in the world. We've got to look uh, away from Lao Beijing and away from all the torture of the Chinese workers and the suppression of the Chinese people. And we have to look away from the Uyghurs and the organ harvesting and the forced abortion. You have to turn away from all that because the number one issue in the world is climate change. And we need the CCP to be our active partners in that. And that's one of the big talks out of San Francisco. Yet the CCP won't even attend COP28, and we know from the beginning of the Third World War that we're in, the kinetic part, they're underwriting the mullahs in, in, uh, in Tehran, in Persia, uh, with 40-year output deals at, at, at attractive rates. The Saudis tell us that they're looking at de-dollarizing. They've done the first $7 billion deal. Now, it's not huge, but it's a start to get off the petrodollar. The UA, UAE, which is the host, and it's heretofore outside of Israel, probably been our best ally in the region, have said that they're on a program now with the CCP on their long-term oil deals to totally get off the petrodollar. So how can we even start to implement Curtis's plan and working people in the, in the course of MAGA and the House Republicans getting back of this when it's even beyond hypocrisy? I mean, they just don't even they, – they treat you like a fool because they – in their minds, you are a fool. That this whole cop thing is all just made up and phony, and the CCP is burning coal. They will burn 
any fuel that they need to become a hegemon. So where do we even start, ma'am? Well, Curtis Ellis knew, you know, he's a great economist and um, trade advisor. He knew that you can't have political independence while you're dependent on someone else. And the thing is, Steve, um, the CCP has consistently and systematically lied to us, decimated our manufacturing, took away our jobs for years and years and years and decades. That is their mission. So... When you keep thinking that something is going to change when you're doing the same thing, I think it's called insanity. The first thing Curtis would say is to acknowledge that the CCP is our enemy instead of saying we'll collaborate them and have competition. We'll have. When did we ever have fair competition with the CCP? Never. I mean, the latest thing uh, was uh, just yesterday they imprisoned a veteran news reporter in Hong Kong. Recently, TikTok made Osama bin Laden a hero to the youth of America. These are the people that we want to be with. No, TikTok is a whole. I mean, that is a, a absolute political tool. Where do they get the book? Is the book out in paperback yet? Or tell me where they get the book. Curtis yeah. Ellis, Curtis Ellis yeah. and Navarro were t- the two kind of lead intellectuals that first came to President Trump. They were economists in President Trump's America First. All of the backup for that, all of the analytics for that in the 2016 campaign in the first term were, were Curtis Ellis, and Curtis had such a um, such a. Uh, unique perspective, really, of workers, uh, manufacturing jobs, the role of tariffs, all of it that really went into the first term. I mean, he and Navarro turned out to be a fantastic team. Where where do people get the book? Because this is a great legacy, and you've done such an amazing job of putting it in front of people. Well, thank you, Steve. The book, Pandemonium, is on Amazon. Curtis was unique in saying that instead of doing one thing and another and another that you have to work at defunding the CCP completely because when you have an octopus, if you take one tentacle, the other is going to grow back. And that's what we've been doing. You have to completely defund the CCP and stop funding our own demise. Unbelievable. It's a great book. Uh, What's your social media? How did it get to you? Because I know you're keeping the flame of Curtis's thinking alive. Um, it's Curtis's Twitter, you know, uh, Curtis Ellis, and buy the book, look at the book, send the book to your representatives, send the book to anyone, your friends. Uh, Curtis believed that it's up to the American people to stand up for what they believe in. And in the second, uh, the third Trump victory in the second term, it's, only, it's even going to be more relevant because we're taking on the CCP. Maxime, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us, cre- uh, carving out time in the holiday season to join us here in the war room. evening show this gets to the hypocrisy it's even beyond hypocrisy and as i said this morning you know you they want you to be supplicants of this the cop 28 and and carrie has really taken over the state department until until the muslim brotherhood attack in gaza i mean he was he had taken over the state department as a special envoy everything in the state department revolved around climate change everything and in fact, they actually said we have to put everything aside from China. And their theory is it's a great competitor, not it's a, a, a mortal enemy. But even the great competition has to go aside because we have to team on climate change. And, in, and in, they're, in, uh, they're in Dubai, and the Chinese are laughing at you and laughing at them. They're not going to agree to any of this stuff. They're not even going to show up. The reparations part. The, do you see mass uh, 
my migration uh, invasion into China? No, you do not. Do you see China stepping up for reparations, for climate damage, for climate justice? Uh, no, you do not. You do not, and you're not going to. Uh, Mike Lindell, thanks for, for uh, tearing away here. I know you only got a few minutes, but uh, the war and posse, what I hear all day long when I'm talking to people or getting text messages, they love the fact that you're carving out for them these specials that you give them a heads up on because they understand some of the stuff's pretty limited. Uh, and they love getting the, it, it, not a guarantee they're going to buy it, but they love taking a look and see if it interests them. And they love the way that you're giving a, an early look. Uh, what do you got for us? Well, there's, uh, we announced the, uh, the flannel sheets just got in today, everybody. And we announced it on the war room this morning. There's a very limited amount. They're going fast. I, I, I mean, they are absolutely the best flannel sheets you're ever going to use. There they are, as low as, as low as $29.98, free shipping on your entire order. Call 800-873-1062. I've never seen a product going this fast, Steve, ever. These, everybody, these flannel sheets are over the top. We just got them in. They actually came in a couple of weeks late, but uh, they're just in time for Christmas. Get yourself that gift. Get yourself these amazing sheets. And remember, your whole order ships for free. Yesterday here, we announced we have a $9.99 uh, go anywhere pillow. You can pick up uh, the, the roll and go. So you have all these different pillowcases around all these different covers and they're $9.99 and they ship for free. You could get 10 of them, get them all for Christmas presents, get all your Christmas shopping done. Now you're helping yourself. You don't have that worry. Get yourself a new mattress or a ma uh, mattress topper too. You can, you save on that shipping. All your hoarder ships for free. And, and I'll tell you right now too, the war room posse, is the number one supporter of my pillow and my employees. Thank you all so much, Steve. We're able to actually give out our Christmas bonuses, and I didn't know if we were able to be going to be able to do that this year or not with all the yeah, attacks wow, on that's my huge. pillow. But we're so they're so. I, hold, hold, so I, I, I want you, I want you to repeat that. I want people to know that there was a moment a couple of months ago when the attacks were the worst. And, and folks, you got to remember one of the reasons we're doing this is to show the left that they can't destroy one right. of the best guys in this the reason we got president trump's back and particularly in the situation in manhattan if they can destroy donald trump the financial part of donald trump if they can destroy mike lindell they're, they're going to sit there they're going to say anybody that comes forward and tries to step up and 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 lead the people or be a supporter of the people be supportive of maga we're going to destroy and that was the whole focus on lindell and you had i mean Remember, it was two years ago, we, we lost Walmart and we lost uh, some of the big boxes. But this next thing was to really strip you of everything, to make sure yeah. you had no outlets whatsoever, no retail whatsoever. And that's when you and I talked. And I said, look, th this, this issue goes beyond Mike Lindell. And then the point was, there was a moment there you didn't even know if you were able to pay bonuses. And a lot of your people, as many people in the country do, kind of depend upon that bonus to make sure not just to get through the Christmas season, but to right. get into the new year and make sure they got they got a little money uh, set aside to get to the new year. Give me your thoughts on that, because I'm really proud of the fact that the Warren Posse stood up, and now people are going to get their bonuses. 
Right. And this all came after after August, everybody, when all I did was put out a plan to help secure our election platforms and secure our election. They went in all out attack. IRS attacked my home reps, mom and dads working from home and said, we don't want you to work from home anymore. They tried to do that. We finally won that, at least in one state. Then they went attack. They debanked us. They de- they went after American Express attacked us. They went after us. And and. We were, we, our prayers were answered with the War Room Posse being able to keep supporting us. We had, we had TV, we had all kinds of stuff to, just canceling us out. And then, and then people were going, well, how can you keep having these good prices? Well, they took away all the middlemen and all we needed was an uplift of, of sales to keep them coming in, to give my employees confidence and quite frankly, save my pillow from, uh, from uh, going down. And, and you did it, everybody. And, uh, I'm, we're so grateful that the War Room Posse stepped it up. It's uh, bar none. You guys were the number one supporters in the country. And my employees are so grateful. People forget we are employee-owned company. I'm just the biggest stockholder. These guys hadn't got a, they had not got a stock check in two and a half years of being attacked by a, the media and canceled and canceled and canceled. So not only have you helped them all regain their confidence and, and their faith in, uh, in everybody and uh but it's uh, it's been amazing sales to where we're able to give them their Christmas bonuses that they count. And actually, Steve, early, a couple of weeks earlier. So I, I wanted to do it earlier this year so they could actually, if they were short money, to get presents themselves for their family and loved ones, that they were able to do it. And we're able to do it, everybody. So I thank you all. And, and, we, and you know what? You're helping yourself, too. These are the best products in history. I reverse engineer every single product. Problem, solution, and what it'll manifest to. Like these flannel sheets, they're the best flannel sheets ever made. Anyone that has any MyPillow product knows that. And they're going, how can these products always be so great? Because we look at what is what does a flannel sheet consist of? What could be added or what could be put in there that, to make it feel better, to make it work, to be um, the, even the even going into the designs, the, the, you know, everything. We I, I end up micromanaging and then, and then macro managing and my employees, we all get together and we all do that. And uh, um, remember, 500 of my employees have my direct phone number because we're we're all part of this huge team where, you know, we just have a passion. My passion is to help save the country right now. But I've had to for the last three months, I've had to be up in Minnesota with my company because of all the attacks. And just now, because of all of you yeah. supporting my pillow, I'm able to go out there and get back in the game to secure our elections. Yeah, that's what that's what they uh, that's what they wanted. Um, Mike, uh, I want to say 800-873-1062. That's the um, that's the number. That's the war room number. 800-873-1062. Talk to one of the operators. MyPillow.com. Promo code uh, war room. Mike Lindell, thank you very much. Look forward to having you on tomorrow. Tell everybody we're glad they're getting their bonuses. We want to have a big celebration on bonus day. So thank you, brother. Yep. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, everybody at the War Room Posse. You know, I want to say something about the power. You know, McHenry made it official today. He came out later and made it official about how um, uh, he was stepping down. This audience has had, I mean, I don't have to tell you about your impact. But it's being felt every day. It's particularly being felt on Capitol Hill every day where, um, you know, they fear you and they fear you because they understand you're informed. They understand you're engaged. They understand uh, that you have a sense of urgency. And they also understand that you're right. When you call in this audience, you know, we get the Warren Posse gets on top of something, one of these pressure campaigns. 
we're not asking for the moon and the stars. This is very logical, very practical, very common sense solutions to what uh, what is uh, you know is wrong with the country, particularly in regards to spending or the invasion of the southern border, et cetera. There's going to be a lot of intensity over the next couple of weeks because <clears throat> they're going to go forward with the impeachment inquiry. And look, we're very pleased with that. Biden, these guys are certainly a traitors. I mean, we were the guys that helped break the laptop from hell. We know the reason I was even brought into that was nothing to do with the Bidens, but my understanding of how the CCP controls their industry and how they how they money launder. Uh, so that's obvious. I'm glad that's happening. We're going to be on those people. We can't take a shiny toy. Right now, this J6 thing is just crabbing sideways. It's outrageous about how they lost the tapes and everything that's going on. I want to thank Julie Kelly and the team to, for talking about that. But that's another aspect that must be got must get on that right away because that's central to the 2024 campaign and to making sure people understand how a narrative was built up. And this is why they're so they're coming after President Trump so hard. President Trump so hard. They're they're putting Trump where Hitler was in 1932. They're saying, yeah, people can elect dictators, and this guy wants to be Caesar. This guy wants to be Hitler. This guy wants to be Napoleon. This guy is a megalomaniac. Well, obviously, nothing could be further from the truth. But in doing this, uh, this uh, audience, you got to make sure, and this is why we show you stuff for the Patriots economy, to make sure you don't give your money to people that hate you, also to be in preparation and health. One thing's in preparation is these Faraday bags from Silent, S-L-N-T dot com. Uh, I would not trust any of your communications. I mean, given what we know about what the government did on J6 and what they're hiding about J6 and how they're coming after President Trump with unlimited lawfare every day, trying to put him in prison for 700 years, you can't trust them. You can't trust them as far as you throw them. And you can't trust the fact, particularly with FISA coming back up and the Patriot Act and everything, that what they're listening to or who they're listening to. So get one of these Faraday bags from Silent, slnt.com. It's the leader in Faraday bags for your computer, your iPad, your phone, all of it. Make sure the only people listening to the conversation are people that you're calling and talking to directly. Okay, we're going to be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. There's so much going on. We've got a jam show already and in the evening. We'll see you back here. Get me on Getter in between. We'll see you back here at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, Eastern Standard Time, in the world. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.